0: Thank you, appreciate that. I'm not going to try to do it again. And we've been learning how to prepare for what's next. Because it seems like we're always kind of looking to the future. We're always hoping and praying for, um, you know, better days ahead, right? We want the future to be bright. And one surefire way of assuring that the days ahead will be better is if we, if we think ahead. It's all about thinking ahead. <clears throat> Just because you're on 85 and and you're headed to Atlanta doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be prepared for what's ahead. Now, you know where you're going, you got your destination, you got your stuff packed, everything's in the trunk, everything's ready to go. However, just because you know what the destination is, even though you've been down that road before, doesn't necessarily mean that you're prepared for that wreck that's five miles ahead or 10 miles ahead or whatever the case might be, right? And so, just because you know what the next season of life looks like doesn't mean necessarily that you are prepared for the next season. Because according to the experts, there appears to be no necessary correlation between knowing what's next and being prepared for what's next. And forget what the experts say, I think that the proof of what I'm saying is true is what happens at every single wedding that I've ever officiated. Now, at every single ceremony, at every single wedding, at every single ceremony, there comes a time when couples will look deep into each other's eyes. It's a very sweet moment. Maybe there's music playing in the background and then they will pledge their vows to one another. Y'all with me? In and, and the crowd, maybe they've written their own vows and everybody goes, ooh, ah. Oh. Maybe there should be some that go, oh me. And you know what? In those moments, it's a really sweet moment. And everybody really does believe that they can. But you don't know that you can in that moment. Those vows sound really sweet on your wedding day. But it's different. It's different when you get down the road a piece. And then things are not quite as you thought that they might be. True story. Few years ago, uh, quite a few years ago now, there was a a couple um, that was uh, you know a part of Springwell, and they had been married nine years. And in nine years, true story, nine years, this this man found out that his wife had cheated on him ten times. You can't make this up, right? <clears throat> That's got to be a Springwell person. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> and it is. You know why? Because we reach broken messed up people and I love the people that we reach. And so we say, we make a promise. We think that we know what lies ahead. We think that we're prepared for what lies ahead, but often we're not. Just because you know what the next season of life is, doesn't mean that you're gonna be prepared for the next season. So this morning, I want to show you a verse out of Proverbs. It's, it's an awesome verse. In fact, it's just one verse, right? So you've you got to be thinking, it's going to be a short message today, like he's just got one verse to walk you through. It's a powerful, powerful verse that I believe if we will make application, I believe it will prepare us for the next season, whatever the next season of life may be, I think we'll be prepared. If you're brand new to church and you don't know a whole lot about the book of Proverbs or maybe you've been in church your whole life that you've never really read the book of Proverbs, then let me give you a little bit of background. Specifically this morning we're going to be looking at one verse, Proverbs 12, uh, 27 verse 12, and in this verse the writer that we'll get to in just a second, the writer is going to give us two different kinds of people. Actually he gives us a person, he introduces us to a person, and then He introduces us to a group of people, actually. We'll get to that in just a minute. And then he says, this person and this group of people are going to go through the very same circumstance, and yet their response to the circumstance will be radically different. And just so you know, uh, this is written by a guy by the name of Solomon, who by many, in fact, really, just go home and Google it, people still consider him to be probably the wisest man who ever lived, And so the wisest man who ever lived, the wisest man who ever lived has written the verse that we're going to look at in just a minute. So you got to be going, wow, like the smartest, wisest man who ever lived is going to give us advice on how to be prepared for what's next, whatever it might be. However, I think in all fairness, though, I need to tell you that Solomon while he has literally written scripture that is known as wisdom literature, he didn't always take his own advice. So he didn't, like the wisest man who ever lived, you know, didn't always take his, his own advice. In fact, he wrote another book in the Old Testament. It's called the book of Ecclesiastes. And he said, here's what happens when you don't do what you know you should do. It's what you do with what you know that makes all the difference in the world wisdom is like paint you can't get this anywhere else i'm telling you this is awesome wisdom is like paint it is no good if you don't make application i got a painter right here on the front row can i hear an amen as long as the paint is in the can it doesn't do the wall any good whatsoever You have to take the lid off. You gotta shake it, I guess. And then you take the lid off and then you put it in a spray gun or whatever. I'm just saying, as long as it's in the can, it's no good. Wisdom is no good if you don't apply it. Let's jump into Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27, he says, the prudent. Now there's a really fancy word, right? And I have to be honest, it's not a word that I tend to use every day. I don't use that word very often at all. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe you use that word every single day. So I had to really look at it. I want to figure out what does the Hebrew word mean. And the Hebrew word for prudent simply means the wise. So he says, the prudent, the wise, see danger. They can see danger and they take refuge. So wise people can see danger. And then here's the thing. They do something about it what they see. They've gained wisdom. They were looked in, they looked into the future. They looked down the road. They got wisdom about what was lying down a road. And so they did something about what they heard. Here's what I've seen. And I've learned from some really, 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 really really wise people over the years. Wise people understand that life is connected Wise people understand that life is connected and that wise people learn how to connect the dots. Wise people understand that the present becomes the past that will show up in your future. You see it? Wise people, wise people understand that the present will eventually become the past that will show up in your future. Years and years and years we offered, in those early days of Springwell, when we tried to be everything and do everything and be everything to everybody, we offered tons of classes and now we basically do the same thing, we just do it through growth groups. But I remember there was a group of us that we just came to the realization that we're really, 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 really messed up. and and what part of what we begin to learn as we begin to look at ourselves as we begin to have honest conversations with each other was that so much of, of our struggle in the present was due to the things that we experienced in the past. And so we found this study and so we learned that it was our past hurts, our past failures, whatever it was in the past that was affecting our present and we realized that if we didn't do something about it, that it was gonna show up in our future. You just can't escape your past. You can't. And if you don't do something about your past, if you don't deal with your past, it will show up in your future. If you don't believe that's true, um, then how many of you know someone, it's not you of course, it's somebody else, but how many of you know someone who's been married multiple times and the reason they've been married multiple times is they keep making the same mistakes. Hello. Y'all with me? Again, it's not you, but you know, somebody they're probably like beside you, maybe in front of you, behind you. Don't look now. You want to, right? You want to look at them. And they keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. So Solomon says, here's what he says. He says, the prudent, the prudent see danger and they take refuge I love the Hebrew language um, I didn't have any classes in seminary on Hebrew I, I actually was a Greek minor in college but but Hebrew is another very beautiful language and and oftentimes the words they, they paint a picture and so this word refuge paints the picture of a scout who goes ahead of the troops to scout out where the danger lies and then he comes back and reports and I think that makes perfect sense right so then of course the troop is guided if he's guided by a really really wise leader that he will hear you know of what dangers might lie ahead and then it's the responsibility of that leader then to make wise decisions wise choices based on the information that he has and if it were your son or your daughter that was under his command and your child died Or your child was injured and his life would be changed forever all because of a leader who did not heed the warning that was given. How angry would you be? And you know what? It goes beyond anger, right? It goes beyond anger. If we were to find out that such a situation actually existed, then most of us would want to take some kind of action to make sure that that leader never made that tragic mistake ever again right? This is serious business. Lives could have been saved. Victories could have been won. If only he or she had heeded the warning. Heeding the warning doesn't necessarily mean that you tuck tail and run. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. And so sometimes for a leader, sometimes for you as an individual, sometimes it means that wisdom says, you know what? I can't engage here. I've got to back up. This this is This is not going to be good. I'm not prepared for what's coming. And sometimes it means that you tuck tail and run. Other times, here's what it means. Other times it means is that you sit back and you reevaluate and you say, okay, what course of action do we take now? A scout came back. He said, you know what? There's danger that lies ahead. It's around that curve, around that corning, around that corner. It's up on that, that mountain cliff, whatever the case might be. And he says, so here was going to be our plan of attack. But now that we know what danger lies ahead, we've got to change how we think. We've got to change what we do. So we're saying that wise people are people who see the danger. I mean, this is so easy, right? Wise people see the danger, and then they do something according to what they see. They take appropriate action. Now watch as Solomon introduces us to the second kind of, and I'm using this word intentionally, the second kind of people. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple, the simple, they keep going and they pay the penalty. So I I looked up the word simple. And really, the simple is just a nice way of saying the stupid. I guess Holy Spirit, when he was telling Solomon to pen these words, said, boy, let's don't go with the stupid. You know, like that's kind of a turnoff. And so other translations say it differently. Uh, The New Century Version says fools. Feel any better? Probably not. Probably not. The New American Standard uses the word naive. I like the word naive, don't you? It just sounds better than stupid. And so here's, here's, here's something, and I thought this was really, really interesting. I thought this was really interesting. According to the footnotes in the New English Version, this noun is plural. So the word stupid, <laughs> naive, fool, whatever you're more comfortable with, it's plural. It's plural. Now, according to the footnote, here's what's interesting. That noun For the wise, it's singular. The contrast, I'm just going to take this right right out of a commentary, okay? The contrast may suggest that the naive are in a group, each doing what others are doing, while the prudent go against the flow. So here's the Greer translation. If you want what everybody else has, then just do what everybody else is doing. Now, obviously, if you're looking at what everybody else is doing and you're thinking, dude, their lives rocks. I mean, they look awesome. I want to be where they are, then do what they do. However, if you're looking at where the crowd is going, and you know what? When you look at that, when you evaluate their lives, it really doesn't look like it's a very wise choice. Then wise people say, I've got to do something different. Does that make sense? Stupid people follow the crowd. Parents, come on, this will preach. You want to give this verse to your children right now if they've never memorized a verse. And they say, I want to start with John 3, 16. Nope, you're going to memorize Proverbs twenty seven twelve, <laughs> And we're going to go over it every day. The stupid do what? It would be awesome. Okay, so the, the simple sees what the prudent person sees but they do nothing maybe that's because we sometimes only see what we want to see and I've been there so the reason I know this so well is because I've walked (laughs) in the shoes of the stupid okay I'll just call myself I've been there I've done that And maybe it's because we only see what we want to see, and there's a fancy term for it. It's called confirmation bias. And so it just means that we're only looking for the things, we're only looking for the people that will confirm what we want to see or what we want to hear or what we want to believe. And And it seems that we tend to filter out any information that will be contrary to what we want to see or what we want to believe. And it may just be one person. It doesn't take a whole lot, right? So 100 people tell you, don't do it. Don't do it. But you're just looking for the one person who says, oh, man, it's okay. And maybe you'll stand back and go, well, the stupid followed the crowd. I'm going to follow the one person. That's what we do, right? So we take the Bible and we twist it to make it fit our situation. I can't tell you how many people I've sat with over the years in terrible, sometimes even abusive relationships and I've asked so did you see any of this behavior any tendencies of this behavior before like when you when you were dating and you know what they say almost every single time no I mean I really didn't like she was he was I mean, awesome, they were amazing, but something happened on the day that we got married, and then like a week later, two weeks later, a month later, six months later, suddenly this person was radically different, and as we continue to talk, as I continue to probe and ask questions, somewhere along the lines, you know what they'll say? Gosh, it was there the whole time. The signs were actually there. The red flags were actually there. You know what? I just didn't want to see them. And sometimes really honest people, and that's what I love about the people that we reach, broken, messed up, absolutely. But we reach some of the most honest people in the world. And I love it when those people will look at me and they'll say, "Oh, you know what? I even had friends. <clears throat> I even had family members that they warned me. But I didn't. I didn't want to see it the good news translation says it like this sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it but an unthinking now you know why I picked this translation right an unthinking person will walk right into it and then there's that word they'll regret it how many of you drove your regret to church this morning it's okay you don't have to raise your hand you know what I'm talking about you, you do know what I'm talking about right and so you had, some, you had some friends, and you were complaining about your car, and you said, it's old. doesn't even have GPS. I mean, really, it's old. I can't get serious Radio. I mean, like, nobody wants to drive my car because it's so old, and I need a new car. And, and, they, and they say, listen, man, we talked, and understand a little bit about your finances. Do not, no matter what you do, do not go to that dealership. And what did you do? You went to that dealership. And then you started talking to a car salesman. And you know what? That car salesman was the wisest person you've ever talked to. And you know what they did? They pointed out that you're already spending money on repairs, and you're spending money on all these things, and if you had GPS, it would be a safer vehicle, and your family would be more secure. And before you know it, they said, you're already spending this money. Now you're just going to spend it monthly, and you took the bait and bought it, and you drove it to church this morning. And maybe it was good, maybe it was good the first month, maybe it was good the second month, but somewhere along the line, making that payment some of you woke up this morning in a place that you now regret and you know what maybe you talked to a real estate agent and they said listen listen if you will move out of this neighborhood into this neighborhood then your kids will be able to go to better schools and and and, and then and then yeah I know you won't be able to go on vacation like for the next 30 years but you're gonna have a really 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 nice house and you know what? You, you bought a house that you can't afford and now you're stuck. And you're living with regret. So, so a wise scout saw the danger and they warned you. Maybe good friends, maybe it was a family member, but they sat down and they said, listen, because here's what Karen and I can do. <laughs> this is what we tell our girls all the time. Don't make the same mistakes we made. We've been down this road. I remember, I remember a time when Karen and I had two car payments. There was what? A time. When we finally made it through that time, we said we were stupid, you know. We, we were definition, the stupid, follow the crowd. And we thought we were doing the right thing. And then we realized this is the dumbest thing we've ever done. So we've looked at our children and said, listen, no matter what you do, please don't Ever. Be so far in debt. What if something happens and you lose a job? If you got one car that's paid for, at least you know you're safe. Y'all with me? You listening? You still out there? So let's be honest. Maybe the reason that some of you are struggling financially is that you've just refused to listen to the advice of some wise people who have gone down the same road that you're going now. But you refuse, for some reason, you refuse to listen to wise counsel. Maybe it's worse. Maybe you're in a bad relationship. And the truth of it is, is some wise people, people that you trust, pointed out the warning signs. And you know what you said? You said, Oh, but he's changed, mama. Mama, mama, she's changed. I mean, I know last week he was in jail, but mama, he's changed. (laughs) Jail changed him, mama. He found Jesus in jail. The pastor led him to the Lord. You know how many people I've led to the Lord in jail? Everybody wants to get saved in jail. You know why? Because they want a way out, right? And so they're looking for, and people warned you. They said, You know what? I just just see that you seem to be attracted to people with the same bad behavior. You need to figure this thing out, but you know what? You did it anyway. And maybe now you're quite literally living with regret. And here's the thing. Here's the sad thing. It's not that the warning signs aren't there. It's that you just refuse to listen to the wise people who saw what was lying ahead. Truth is, you are an unthinking person who walked right into the mess that you're in right now. And here's the thing, and I, I really, I'm, you have no idea how I've struggled with this particular part of the message. Um, I wanted to change it, and I did change it. I changed the sentence structure several times. I tried to use different words, but i got to be honest, still really didn't come out in a way that felt really good. But it's something I think that the Holy Spirit really urged me to say, and, and it's simply this, and in every, every area of life, every area of life there is a point of no return aren't you glad you came to church today and you're thinking there's supposed to be hope hang on i'm not done in other words there's a point where we will experience the consequences of our bad choices there's a time when when we will have to experience the consequences of our bad choices because we refused to listen to wise counsel. We refused to do anything about the situation that we were in. And please, I've got to say this, and I'll tell you why, And, and you probably, this won't be a thing for you, but it was for me. It's been a thing for me many, 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 many years. I was taught as a kid that there's consequences because God's out to get you. I mean, I, I, don't, I had this picture in my head that, you know, I would say that God was sitting on the throne. He was never sitting on the throne in my, in my head. I mean, God was always like he's looking at the outskirts of heaven, and he's watching. He's looking at me, and he's right on. He's on the balls of his feet, and he's like ready to zap me with a, bow, a bolt of lightning just at any minute. I don't know if you've raised in that church. I was. God is out to get you. Your sins will find you out. If I heard that once, I heard it a million times. And so I've lived my whole life scared to death that if I, if I wobble, and y'all know me, I wobble. <laughs> I wobble a lot. And I've lived so much of my life scared. This is important that you understand what I'm saying. It's not a point of no forgiveness. Will you experience the consequences of your sin? Sometimes we do but it doesn't mean that we've gone past a point of forgiveness. God is always willing and wanting to forgive, but there are natural consequences to unwise actions. I wish I could protect my children. I want to protect my children, don't you? If you keep spending money like you're spending money, you're going to be broke. I can promise you. If you keep... (laughs) Drinking what you're drinking or smoking whatever in the world people are smoking today. I mean, crayons. I don't even know. (laughs) But here's here's what I'm saying. Keep following along in that same behavior. Sooner or later, there's going to be consequences. I think it makes perfect sense. Let's go to Proverbs 1. Man, it's powerful. Wisdom. Remember, this is written by the wisest man who ever lived. Here's what he said. He said, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, and they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the stupid, it's the same word. The waywardness of the stupid, the simple, the fool, the naive. You know what? It's going to kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. Uh, this passage, God, I love how God works. And so, I, a few weeks ago, as I was working through this this passage, um, Karen was doing her Bible study one morning. I think, I mean, it's an awesome study that she's doing. It takes a little time. She's going through the Bible in a year chronologically. Anyway, it's awesome. And I'm pretty sure this lady that that has written this, I'm pretty sure she's from the south. I'm pretty sure, and she's awesome. She has Southern wisdom. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anyway, you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so I'm just saying, so it, I was in this passage, and somehow she was in this passage that morning. And so, and so here was the commentary that went along with this verse. It's awesome. Sometimes letting a person lie in the bed they've made is the best way to get them to take that mattress to the dump. I told you, she's some greer. That lady right there is from Greer. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Maybe Southern Greer. I'm not sure. But that lady's got to be from Greer. I read that and I went, God, that makes perfect sense. You can wake up one day, relationally, financially, maybe career-wise. And you've just gone too far. And there's a point. It's not that you can't be forgiven. Listen, it's not that there's not hope for your future. But you can wake up one day and you know what? You just kept on and you kept on and you kept on till finally you have to experience the consequences of your bad choices. And it hurts. Maybe that's the only way that you'll learn how to take that old mattress to the dump. I'm just saying. It's never too late to find forgiveness and hope for the future if you're willing to prepare well, to think ahead and and to make changes to do something. So if you want to be prepared for the future, the next season, for whatever is next, then you've got to think ahead. It would just be wise to consult with people who've been down that same road that you're on. I always make it a habit. No matter what situation I'm in, I'm trying to seek out someone who I know has been down that road and say, talk to me, help me. Help me to see the, the pitfalls that lie ahead. If I keep doing this saying, what, what, what's, what tragedy could I avoid if I'm willing to listen to the voice of reason, if I'm willing to listen to someone who has been wise enough to learn from their mistakes? Proverbs 11 says it like this, where there is no guidance to people, fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there's victory. Proverbs 15, verse 22 Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. One more, just in case, from the wisest man who ever lived. Proverbs 19, verse 20. Get all the advice and instruction you can so that you will be wise for the rest of your life. Wow. So as you're thinking ahead, as you're looking to the future, follower of Jesus, let me ask you this question. Look at me. Do you see any red flags? Maybe you've had some wise people, people that you trust. Maybe, Maybe they've even ran the risk of having an honest conversation with you. You know what I'm talking about? And Boy, you could tell that just the conversation alone made them a little anxious and a little bit nervous and they looked at you and they said, listen, I love you. I care about you and I want you to know that if you stay on this road, here's where where it's going to lead. And maybe you've had that person but you know what? You haven't listened. Haven't heeded the warning signs. There's been a scout who went ahead of you. Right now, I think it's probably time to think ahead before it's too late maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and you just had no idea there was so much wisdom in the Bible for everyday life And you know why you probably think that because you know too many Christians can I just be honest like you know for some Christians it has to do with religion it has very little to do with a relationship with Jesus and so you know what they show up at church on Sunday pat themselves on the back feel really good because you went to church today but it didn't affect your life. And maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, dude, like I had no idea that the Bible, I thought the Bible was just a big book that beat you up, told you how sorry you were. So what I'm seeing is literally, so God loves his creation so much. He loves people so much that he would write this book so simple about how to prepare us he wants our lives to be fruitful he he wants us to experience joy and peace and he wrote this book with instructions on how to do that i didn't know i just didn't know maybe the reason that you're here this morning i saved this for years because like if you're not religious if you're like a non-church person and you show up at church on sunday morning you're desperate right like you're desperate you say I know too many Christians you go to church and didn't do you any good I mean like I don't even know why I'm here and maybe this morning you walked in because of a lot of the consequences for a lot of bad choices look at me here's what I want you to know God's crazy about you oh I've been saying this for so many years and it never gets old He's crazy about you. He loves you so much. And you're right, you're a mess. So when you looked in the mirror this morning and said, you are a mess, you were right. But here's what God said. You know what? I want to fix the brokenness in our relationship. And you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be able to earn your relationship with me. And so God said, but here's, because I love you so much, I want to do my part. And so I sent my son and Jesus went to the cross and he died on the cross to pay the penalty for all your junk, all your mess, all your bad choices. And he was raised on the third day and Jesus is alive and well. And this morning, look at me, he wants to step into your life and be in relationship with you. It don't get no better than that, does it? Do I have not the easiest job in the world? Because I literally think if like, if you're you're not a follower of Jesus, why don't you want to... Why would you say no? And I know that you don't want to say no. So if you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to be, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Maybe you pray a prayer quietly, silently, right there in your seat. If you want to pray it out loud, honestly, you're in a safe place. Maybe you just say something like this. You know what, God? I'm a mess. I have experienced the consequences of, I am experiencing the consequences of my bad choices. I'm experiencing the consequences of my sin. And, I, and I, I know that it's that sin that stands between me and you. But you, I can't even wrap my brain around the kind of love that it would take for you to give your one and only son. I can't fathom the kind of love that would cause your son to willingly give his life on the cross just to pay the penalty for my sin Jesus I know you're alive man I know you're alive and so right now as humbly as I know how I'm confessing to you that I'm a sinner I need a savior And I'm confessing that, I'm asking for your forgiveness, but Lord, from this day forward, I just wanna follow you. I wanna be committed to following you. So to the best of my ability, i surrender my life to you. Lord, I do thank you so much for your word. Oh my goodness, Lord, you know how over the years with I guess nearly every decision I've ever made I've always wanted to have a passage to give me direction a verse that I could hang my hat on so that I could be prepared for what was coming sometimes Lord what was coming wasn't a pleasant thing but Lord understanding that no matter what I go through in life I I will go through it and I won't go through it alone, is that you'll be with me. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your word, the counsel of your word, and the beautiful friends, Lord, that you put in my life that have been willing to speak truth. Lord, we love you. It's in your sweet name we pray.